I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Having this podcast has allowed me to meet so many amazing people. Today's guest is no exception. When I began my deep dive into my guest today, Sam Led, I began listening to his podcast, The Fearless Now, Living Beyond Your Thinking. Also, reading his website, it opened up an area about our brain and our thoughts that I always talk about and teach to my clients, but his way of explaining it was so refreshing and unique. And he gave a new perspective on our limiting beliefs and the thoughts in our mind that I know you will all love and learn so much from. Speaking of limiting beliefs and living a life trigger-free with an awareness that everything in life is for your highest good and is always perfect. Well, I have a few things coming up that I know you are going to love. First is my five-day Kiss Your Limiting Beliefs Goodbye Challenge, and it's absolutely free. By the end of the five days, you will have transformed your thoughts and your perspective on life in an entirely new way. I also have my April's guest, Maddie Sparkles, on the calendar to speak about the angels and so many more beautiful and magical things Maddie talks about. If you want to go back to her episode and listen to our interview, go back to episode number 84. You won't want to miss her free live masterclass on April 19th at five o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Get all the links for both in the show notes. So here is a little bit about Sam Led before we get started. Sam is an intuitive transformational coach, author, and podcaster who shares his wisdom around how our true nature is beautiful, how we are not broken and do not need fixing. He shares his insights on the human mind and how we are not our thoughts. And if we can allow our thoughts to just be and flow through us and not attach to them, we can navigate our lives with more ease and less suffering. I know you are going to love this episode and love Sam and beginning listening to his podcast like I have. It's been so fascinating hearing his approach to our limiting beliefs, thoughts, and our subconscious mind. Get ready to take some notes and meet a new friend like I have. Let's bring on Sam Led to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I love your show. 100 episodes in, we were just talking about like, if you, if you make it past episode three, like you're almost gone pro and you're right. 100 episodes in. So you're like, you know. Yeah, what am I? Most valuable, most valuable <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the MVP. You get a the gold MVP star. MVPP. Okay, thank you. Yes. Love it. Yes. Well, you know, I, I love doing my research and deep dives. And when I was doing my Sam-led deep dive the last few days, I understand why. I always know there's a reason that someone either reaches out to me or I know that I'm connected to them. Mm-hmm. And I started to think, huh, you know, I know your your book is like fearless. And I love that. That catches my eye because I'm all about everything's on the other side of fear. And then I love your view on everything is perfect. And the what we don't think is, is all an illusion. I'm all about that. And I guess, you know, with you, I... I see somebody that had to go through something as a young boy growing up 
to, you know, being labeled and doing, you know, being, you know, try, confused at why you were different or, you know, all that stuff to get to where you are today. So you could be the person to help be the light, you know, and I see you as this, you know, beacon of light and oh, thank you. helping other people uncover their magic. <laughs> and I love uncovering people's magic, by the way. Because it's right there. It's like, it's, it's, it's where you lost your favorite fountain pen under the seat cushion, you know, in your car. <laughs> you find it like five years later. Um, or like there's a rattle in your dash and, and like this happened to me actually. And you find the reason why the dash was making so much noise is because there was a parking ticket got stuck lodged in underneath. <laughs> it. Well, that's, that's, funny. that's the same thing with wisdom and the same thing with, you know, our essential nature, who we are underneath the noise, underneath our thinking. And for me, and, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm not worthy. <laughs> I'm not worthy. <laughs> it took me to, into middle age hood to really see the illusion, but also have compassion for myself and other neurodiverse folks. I call it nerd. You can call it a ham sandwich. It doesn't really matter. Neurodiverse folks who really believed their thinking for so many decades. Like all of us in some way or another, we come to this moment in our life when we kind of things either click or we have to learn something again. Mm-hmm. And I kept learning a lot of things over and over again. And then I got pretty good at those lessons. And then I realized like, okay, it's so innocent because none of us really learn how to use our mind. We're taught biology, you know, we're, we're taught the neurobiology, you know, synapsing and axons and dendrites and, and gray matter, but we're not really taught how to use the brain like a tool, right. like an instrument. We're taught, you know, through, through punitive you know, punishment, if you do this, there's consequence in action. But if I was shown, and, and a lot of other neurodiverse folks, there's 120 million other uh, people out there that have, you know, ADHD, or they're on the spectrum, you know, whatever label you want to, because I don't believe in the labels, and I look back at it and I say, you know, if, if we were taught how to use our mind, like a pilot learns how to fly a plane, like mm-hmm. how the mind work really works, that, that we are not the sum total of our thinking, that we have agency of our thinking, that thinking doesn't come from us, that there's something beyond thought. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I mean, but, but I guess the, innocent, the psychological innocence in all of that, you know, and, and the, we can't go back and, and that's okay, is that, thank goodness, I saw it. <laughs> Eventually, I saw it. Right. And, and uh, just as a note, we are changing the name of the book. So I know you love that. Oh, you are. Okay. We're going to probably put that in the, um, you know, in the, what do you call it? The, the byline. But okay. we're looking at uh, Not Broken, which is oh. also, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But, well, see, I go back to your, when you were seven and you were struggling at school and, you know, trying to, you know, do what everyone was, you're supposed to do, right? I have two girls, 13 and 15. And, you know, I've watched them go through school and listening to them come home. And, you know, when they're little, like the kids acting out or then all of a sudden, like when I'm 53 and when I was younger growing up, there wasn't ADHD. There was not all these labels that have come into this life now. And I, I'm this, I just, you know, you know, when you say you don't believe in those labels, I don't either. And I don't give it anything because I look at it like you do. And that's why when I think of these kids that are suffering from these. Innocently. People, yes. Innocently. Yeah, and, and it's, it's unpacking our conditioning. And I love what you said there. It's like, you know, your kids, we have this thing called thought. It's the greatest invention, the greatest tool, the greatest technology. It's, it's wonderful. But it's also, we're also not taught how to really use this technology. Like I just mentioned, the mind, mind, thought, and our conscious self. So like, I guess through kids, innocently, they they stumble and they, they figure it out, some of them. But for me, it was a real game changer. Like, you know, when I was a little kid growing up in the early 80s, the same thing. Like, they were just throwing darts at a board. They're like, we'll give them Ritalin. And if he doesn't freak out or have like a, you know, horrible, you know, adverse event, okay, that mm-hmm. works. And that's, that's what they did. I mean, MR, you know, uh, MRIs didn't come out until like the mid eighties. So this is even before that. And we didn't know a lot about, you know, neurodiverse folks. We just think differently. 
There's nothing right. wrong with us. There's a great book that your audience would love. It's called Neurotribes. And it's a case study. It's a very thick book. It's like, what's that thick Civil War book called? War and Peace or something like oh, that. It's right. like 600 yeah. pages. Yep. It's like a coffee table book. There are a whole bunch of case studies about kids that were diagnosed with Asperger's or on the spectrum or, or you know, some form of neuro- neurodevelopmental quote unquote disorder, the label again. And it's not that there's anything wrong with them. They just communicate differently. We're the ones that don't understand. So we're never taught, we're not taught that way. And actually, if you Google ADHD or Asperger's, Mm -hmm. especially ADHD, the first thing that comes up is prefrontal cortex, executive functioning dysfunction. If it's just, (laughs) listen, if I'm the only person with ADHD walking on the planet, yes, there's something wrong with me, but there's 120 million other folks out there, young and old that have ADHD. So- I don't, it doesn't make any sense. So when we see like, we are not living in a world of like this outside circumstances, the labels, the, the, you know, do what you do, what you're told kind of stuff. I'm, I'm no, you know, zealot. We're living in a world of thought mm-hmm. 100% of the time, 365 days a year. Right. There's what? 80,000 thoughts a day that we think 60 and, to yeah. 70. Yeah. And They're we're all living basically in our the same. Yeah, exactly. We're living in our, in this, in the machine of our thinking, we're living in our psychology. And once we see like our brain loves us, but it will do anything in its power to keep us safe, right. to keep us alive. And it doesn't care if it does a lot of stupid stuff for survival. Mm-hmm. It does a lot of stupid stuff. Where do and, you teach people about ego? Cause that's just came in through me that your ego, right? Is that what you think? Ego is interesting because it's, it's all the same thing. You can call it, again, call it a turkey sandwich. doesn't matter. Right. right? It's all pastrami on rye. I like that better, actually. But, but when we have a machine, it's a laptop computer between our ears. Some people have iOS operating systems. Other people have MS-DOS. Some people have Android systems. When we see that the sole function of the brain is to keep us alive, mm-hmm. to protect us, to protect itself, why are we surprised that it does all kinds of funky things? And then why do we believe the story being created in real time when we're in a low mood, when our state of mind naturally is cloudy? It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, the other week I was driving through the fog up in just up in the mountains above Santa Barbara, um, coming down from Los Olivos. And it was thick fog. I couldn't see anything like nothing. I was like, oh, my God, I I need to pull over. And of course, it's a pass. There's no railings. I'm going to pull over off the you know. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fine. It was good. It tested my resilience. So I'm driving. I can't see. I'm slowing down I'm, and I'm going down this, you know, it's like a, you have it in San Diego too. It's, you know, it's like a, what you, a grade, you know, it's like a 7% grade. And two minutes later, I just come out of the fog bank. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Behind me, you can't see a thing, but in front of me, it's gorgeous. California. You know, the golden rays of, of, you know, the California sun. Yes. So that's how thought works. That's how state of mind works. And when we, not, when we don't take our thinking seriously, when we're caught up like that, it doesn't matter what it is. Your boss can yell at you, get a cancer diagnosis, get in a car accident, you know, whatever it is. Once you see like that, you're never going to win the game of thought. You can't stop thought. And if you try to, you're just bucking against your own psychology that's made up in real time by the greatest screenwriter of all time, the greatest soap opera writer, your brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, we got Martin Scorsese, Stephen King, and, you know, Oliver Stone all up here creating right. a narrative in real time. And it's amazing that we take it so seriously. And ego is kind of like the conductor, you know, it's, it's, but once we see the ego's made up too, and once we see that our essential nature, who we are underneath the fog bank of our thinking, is well-being. Yes. Is love. 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 You read my mind. Love. Is, is resilient. Is hopeful. Right. I always think of um, ego when Wayne Dyer, I love Wayne Dyer. I love uh, Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Etching God out. He always said that. And I used to think, and where I'm at now in my spiritual life and practice and, you know, as a mom teaching my children and, and my students and all that is, you know, when you realize that 
all it is is love. Everything else is an illusion. And when you can really learn that, especially as a seven-year-old boy at school, no, you know, like that's my mission on this planet is to teach children that it all it is is love. And, you know, you think of as a parent, you have nieces and nephews, you, you don't have your own children, right? right yes, I have a, a, you have good memory, Eight, eight-year-old niece and a six-year-old nephew actually just turned six. He's very into Legos these days. I think it's, but he wanted a, the Porsche Lego thing. Oh, cute. You know, he's from, yeah, he's got good taste, but <laughs> I didn't even know they made a Porsche Lego set. I'm like, Okay, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to remind him in 20 years that I bought him all the, you know, these expensive toys that he doesn't use. But yeah, like it's, it's once like we see like that our, our default state, our, that life's got us, that our true North is well-being. And once we see like those little moments in life, like driving to the supermarket and you just drop into the present moment. Life slows down. That's nirvana. That's mm-hmm. that's when we're closer to what I point to with the work I do with my clients and what the the principles point to that I share with my clients and and how mind works is that like we're not our noise. And it's just as and it's normal to get caught up in the noise, just as normal as it to drop out of the noise. But you know, if we're gonna try to do a technique or or go and get some training to fix our brain, you know, that's great, but you, you know, you're, you're trying to fix something that's not broken. And that's hard for a lot of people to hear though. You know, a lot of people say, well, you don't know what my life has been like, you know, <laughs> I was diagnosed with this and my father was this. And I, you know, the stories story, yeah. hyperbole. It's all a story. And you, and I you would, know, yeah. I think most of my, you know, looking around and, you know, going to the grocery store, for example, go there, you know, you yeah. can sit around and observe the people, you know, and look at their, what they're living like and what you can almost, I can almost see the noise in their head and how they react or, you know, yeah. at the, with different people and what stories they're telling themselves for their entire life and never get out of that. They don't free themselves to the knowing that that is, it's just stories that you keep talking about. Change it. Change your story. Change your life. <laughs> and they see it just like we all do. Like, because we all forget, right? Wayne Dyer talks about getting in the gap with a great book. I had his audio tapes when they were on tape back then. Yes, the, I did know, too. Oh my the, gosh. Back in the day. And we see it all day long. We're in a walking meditation all day long. And that I saw that in myself. I'm like, what is this, you know, spiritual mumbo jumbo? This California woo-woo stuff, you know, it's all sanctimonious. <laughs> but Point back to the quiet moments in our life. We are quiet all day long. We just don't pay attention to it enough. Right. We think that the sum total of our experience is what's going on outside of us, which actually is 100% false. The sum total of our experience is the stories. And once we can unpack like how our conditioning, our conditioning, how we are raised and, and all the habitual thought that has kind of caused a lot of suffering, it's really amazing how life, despite how good or bad your outside circumstances are, can be. And I'm not saying that, you know, look, life's a contact sport. I mean, we're going to, we're going to get our knocks and I stole that from Sid Banks, but. We came here to do that. That was our, why we chose to come is to do that and then go through all the limiting beliefs and, you know, try to minimize the triggers in your life. And I feel that, you know, these, when you watch people in traffic or, you know, I, I can live a pretty neutral life at this stage and I'm proud of my, the work I've done. But, you know, when you watch these people struggling with the reactions and the, I mean, I just, I saw one this morning and I thought, huh, you know, you, and I always am trying to show the girls like, they're like, mom, that was terrible. Right. I said, they just must, you know, something's wrong. Or even at school bullies, you know, trying to teach them, you know, send them love. They, they don't know any better. That's what, that's the story they're playing. They learned that from somebody, you know, they're, they're just playing in that, you know, whatever they're trying to do, there's something going on in that little mind, send them love. And I love you mentioned bully because actually I befriended my uh, elementary school, junior high school bully because I saw his quiet. I mean, I was like 11. I mean, I didn't know what, what it was. I just like, when he calmed down, 
when he slowed down, like he wasn't trying to show off in front of others and make himself look bigger. It was just me and his name was Owen. Hey, Owen, how you doing, man? <laughs> he's, I don't know where he is, but he's at, was actually a, a nice kid, nice guy. Like, but to befriend your high, your, your elementary and junior high school bully, like beat, you know, he was like twice my size. I was a little shrimp. That's testament to the illusion that, mm-hmm. that, you know, as Michael Neal, who's one of my favorite coaches and I, He's, he's the one who spoke with Anita Morjani in a workshop about two and a half years ago down in Newport Beach. He calls it, uh, we are diamonds covered in doo-doo, layered in lipstick. So mm-hmm. our essential nature is this effervescent, expansive energy of light, love, and, and compassion, and understanding, and slowing down. And everything else is these stories that we think that we need the lipstick and everything else to get to the next step in our life. Mm-hmm. That's not true because yeah. I'm a living testament of it. And so are you. Right. Will you explain to me that with you, like your experience getting to where really kind of sure. teaching, you know, coaching, yeah, yeah. what inspired you to write the book? I mean, where you came from. I mean, I, I know a little bit, but yeah, there's something all over that you're, the place. <laughs> There's something that's hidden like a 10 year ago event that you can't share, right? Well, it wasn't that so much. It was, there was two big events that were even bigger than, I mean, you know, they're all just life events. They're all just lessons, but there were two big events in the last seven years. One was the, the force, the fires here in Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. Then I almost burnt my house down and I was caught in it. And the second one was when I got divorced when my marriage fell apart. And the first one, the fire, which basically came through and was all the way down in LA County and came up through Ohio and Ventura and to Santa Barbara. I mean, it was very close to just destroying the small little town we love. And I remember waking up in the morning, I couldn't breathe. And there was soot everywhere and you couldn't even see the sun. You have, you know, the fires in Santa yeah. Barbara. Oh, yeah. bad. Right. Um, but this fire was like, one of the biggest, it was the Thompson fire. And, and I've, I've been through fires, but this one, and I was by myself. I just, was just separated. My ex moved back to Germany. So it was just me, myself and I, in a small little town, hundred miles North of LA doing my thing, doing my coaching. I had a brick and mortar practice at the time. And it was so bad. I'm like, I'm going to die. Like you looked oh. up into the, into the Hills, the mountains, the Los Padres National Forest up here. It was on fire. You looked east, it was on fire. You looked north, everything was on fire. Wow. And so I was depressed, is the understatement, from, from losing my partner. I'm now stuck in my townhome with barely any gas in my car. Like, we all just woke up to this. Like, it wasn't like, you can't plan for a fire. I mean, there was winds, but you know what it's right. like living here. And I couldn't breathe. It hurt to breathe. The fire was so close. Oh my gosh. You couldn't, I couldn't, there was soot all over the car. I woke up in the morning to this and my eyes are burning. I really thought I was, this was it. It was just going to come down the, the hill and then just explode and destroy, kill us all. Well, thankfully that didn't happen. Uh, but the weird thing was, I mean, I was so scared. I mean, my family's all back East. It's just me and I have a couple of friends. I have some family in the Bay Area, but just me. All this traumatic stuff has had happened to me. And now we have a fire, right? Huh. A tra- not, not a small fire. Like one of the biggest fires in California history. And I'm like, okay, I give up. I surrender. What, what do you want from me, God? And um, I really thought I was. this was it. But then something really happened. And this, this is... It's never happened to me before. Even when my when I was separated from my partner and that fell apart, I was so scared. But then there were moments like that I was just calm. Like I couldn't even drive my car because, you know, there was the visibility was zero. It was that bad. Um, it looked like it was like a nuclear fallout, basically. You know, I didn't prepare for it. No one prepared for it. I didn't have, you know, I had to go, you know, I had no groceries. I had very limited water. I was like, this is it, Sam. Wow. You did oh. your best. And now it's t- now <laughs> time, time for the go. next slide. Time to go. <laughs> and long story short, it was the calmest I've ever 
been in my entire life. It had nothing to do with the fire and nothing to do with the fire. My brain was saying, Sam, you're going to die. Sam, you need to get out of here. Sam, look at your life. It's burned. You've just burned your life down literally and figuratively with the divorce and then with, with fire. And my brain is doing gymnastics, but then all of a sudden I just dropped out of my thinking and I was the calmest I've ever been in my entire life. Hmm. And then an hour after, like, you know, I literally, I had to put um, towels, you know, under the door. um, So the smoke wouldn't come in. I get a call from a friend like two hours after this whole, like, you know, disaster is going on. And she was visiting from Ireland. She's like, Sam, I got a rental car. Let's go. We're going to go to LAX, try to get a ticket out of here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> huh. We got in the car and we left. A week later, we had a mudslide that killed 18 people, destroyed the freeway in Santa Barbara. And I wasn't here, thankfully. But how can someone feel so calm? It wasn't like I was trying to be calm. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was trying to push it away. I naturally dropped into my default state, like we all have. Like, I wasn't adrenaline. It was just peace. Hmm. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Okay. I've never had that experience before. I think what happened was, is that the noise just became too ridiculous after a while. Just, Just absurd. It was like, I stopped believing the noise. Right. I really saw it. Like we're all just one thought away from mental well-being, even in a fire, even with a cancer diagnosis, even et cetera, et cetera. You look at what's going on in Ukraine. Look at it despite the horror of war. Right. Look, look how proud these people are. And even when bombs are falling, kids are playing in the streets. People are still going on with life. Not because um, they're faking it. It's because our essential nature is well-being, even in a, in a, in a war situation, even mm-hmm. in a fire, even in name your favorite tragedy. I mean, there's been a lot. COVID. Right. right. I know a lot lately. But what, yeah. can you, like going into that calm state that you're talking about, is that now something that you can access like immediately? Can you go right there again now that you know what it feels like? I got really curious, like as a coach and as, as a, um, I used to, I'm also a Reiki practitioner and I do, I'm acupuncturist too, laser acupuncture. So I noticed it in my clients when they would get calm, hmm. uh, you know, but Sam, I always thought I had the noisiest brain. I have like the MVP noisiest brain of all time. Like I thought I was walking around with the loudest self-talk, negative self-talk in the history of brains hmm. that's possible. And it's and, and what I saw was it just seemed so ludicrous. Like, like it, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, if I'm so calm and so present during this tra- this crazy huge fire, then something's up. I got really curious. I got I started to notice things more. Not like I was deliberately noticing things, but I saw like suffering is really optional. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we, we're not, we won't suffer in our thinking, not to say like Sam's going to, you know, get angry again, but I'm going to have, I'm not going to beat myself up for it. Right. I saw the divinity within myself. I saw the divinity in who we are and it wasn't the fire that, that made me see it. I, I saw it all along. Like all of us do. We just don't pay attention to it enough. And it's not sexy. It's boring as hell. Like, we think like Nirvana is like some kind of like Fourth of Ju- you know Fourth of July fireworks like oh you know top of right. the mountain you know with the <laughs> you know I always talk about living in the now present moment this is all we have you know and I'm so about that in my daily life about observing the trees and being outside and getting gas is is enjoyable sure like, you can like make have- anything right. But Especially even, when it's $6 a gallon now. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it, the greatest thing about this understanding that I share, which is revolutionary because it's, it's showing us that we live in a world, not outside in, like we've been conditioned to believe, but inside mm-hmm. out. Yeah. That it's okay to get caught up. Like you're not going to win the battle. Like 
you can go to a therapist, you can go to a coach and they can teach you all these tools. You know, I can go on NLP and CBT and EMDR, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one great acronym, but you don't really need that because you see this space that I'm pointing to that space as Michael Neal calls it, the space before thought. I mm-hmm. saw it even in this, this crazy firestorm. I saw it in when, when my, my ex took off and left. I saw it with, uh, you know, all my life tragedies, like all of our life traumas, whatever you want to call it. Again, ham sandwich. Right. sandwich. <laughs> we see it. Yeah, it's un- feeling our thinking is uncomfortable. Yes, but it's not going to kill us. Right. Like I saw that, like I can have a panic attack driving on the freeway because I, for some reason, my brain loves panic attacks. I don't know why but I can pull over on the side of the road and be okay with it. Meaning like you just, you are driving and freak it's out. Just, okay. Freak out. Huh. A, it sucks. It's uncomfortable. It's terrible, but it's not going to stop me from driving right. because it's ultimately when I see that, that there's a ghost in the machine, like that great police song, you know, <laughs> I mean, was it, was it Zanyata Mandata? I think it was that album. Great album. We ultimately, again, when we see like, we're going to forget <laughs> then we might have road rage and then we'll remember again and be like, Oh, there's the brain going. It's doing its thing. That kooky brain. Right. Hmm. And then we remember again and it's like this cognitive cha-cha. But what ends up happening is, is once we notice more that quiet, that we're not our noise, that we're not our, I call it thought turbulence, that if I can just really get calm and quiet, and not freak out during a major fire, I mean, or deal with major loss and grief like we all do, and be okay with freaking out. This is part of our human psychology. Thought is the greatest technology we were never taught how to use until like people meet people like you and I that share some of this work. Right. You know, we, we ultimately have agency over thought because, you know, the 80,000 thoughts that come through our, our, our cortex, you know, it's like a salad bar, you know, pick and choose. And if you like tiramisu, have one slice tiramisu, not 10, right? right. Yeah. Same thing with thought. And sometimes we mess up and we give life to thought that probably not a good idea. And it was interesting. I, I had a client who was in recovery. I worked with lots of folks in recovery down in Malibu as a consultant, sharing this understanding and, and Recovery, you mean like alcohol? alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he was very combative. He was not happy to be there. He was giving everybody a hard time. Never worked with him before. I just observed him. Scared, angry. No one did anything right in his mind. He was suffering. He can't believe he spent all this money and he's still stuck. And the story, hyperbole, Mm -hmm. right? The yeah (laughs) buts. Yep. And then I met him and he's like, okay, Sam, you're just another coach. Okay. Just, just, let's get this over with. Let's just go through the motions. I'm like, okay. We didn't talk about anything real. We talked about the giants, Pink Floyd. I think he liked Don Miguel Ruiz. He loved the the agreements. We had a conversation about nothing, but we laughed. We were so present. And at the end of the conversation, I said, how do you feel right now? He's like, great. It's like, I don't know what we talked about, but I said, exactly. I said, I saw you there. You know, we talked about things that you love. We just were two blokes sitting there talking. You weren't caught up in in your failures. You weren't caught up in how angry you were at the world. That moved through you. On to the next. You know, thought doesn't sit with us. And and he saw something. You know, he he still gave me a look like, what? what are you, some, you know, hippie woo-woo, you know, <laughs> Malibu, <laughs> you know, he's from back east. He saw something there for sure. When you have your clients come to you and they have that on another note besides that person, but like a little kid or, you know, someone young that you can relate to because you knew that that was what you were going through. Mm. How do you get that little mind to not have that recording go? What do you, what are some of your tools that you use? Well, I listen for truth. I listen for quiet. I mean, we all do this. You know, you know, the, oh my God, da, 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 da. you know, the machine gun. I call right. it the machine gun. The <laughs> yeah, but I just get really present 
and get really curious. And, and if they're saying stuff that's hyperbole, you know, the mind's creating story around, you know, our mind is the greatest narrator. Our mind is the, and that's why the soap operas have been around for 50 years because we love drama. You know, we get addicted to drama. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, we can repattern our brain if we get, if we're not careful by be focusing on, on drama and chaos. That's why I say, don't, don't buy a TV. If you, if you have to, then just stream Netflix. And even that's bad. But everybody likes good Netflix once in a while. <laughs> we just good, started good that. I, I don't usually, we don't usually watch What are you watching TV. now? The girl, All American. We just started. My sisters were telling me about it. All American. I don't, All American. I don't think I saw it on the thing. Yeah, but I'm, I was into Ozark, which is. Oh yeah. I think lights. Richard watches that. But you know, yeah, that's yeah. funny that you say that because if that was just two nights ago. So it's a brand new thing in mine. And, and Paige was like, we were all laying in bed watching it and Paige the next day because I fell asleep. I said, how was it? She's like, I'm addicted. Oh my gosh, mom, it is so good. I, I want to watch it all day. And I said, wow. I said, it's amazing what they do. You know, it's like a an addiction. You know, they get but you know what's so great like about it though? Cliffhangers or whatever. Totally. And you have to watch, but the greatest thing about it is and I had a client that said to me, felt so guilty about like not getting work done and, and watch and just. Right. Binging. Binging. I said, <laughs> yeah. that's great. Cause that was your kind of your inner guidance saying you're too caught up right now. You're too zoomed into whatever problem you're dealing with. Right. Time to like. Binge. Yeah. Escape. Like, we don't really see it. Like, like the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves, about life. It's all made up. All mm-hmm. of it. Now I'm not saying you don't have to pay taxes and I'm not saying that like. <laughs> Stuff happens, but you don't have to be the Dalai Lama. You could just have a nicer experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what I share with my clients. And I kind of point them back to that nicer experience. That's not optional. That's not something we had to work for. I was in um, LA in the Culver City. My, my girlfriend and I, she um, moved up to Santa Barbara from Santa Monica. And we go down there to visit friends. And it's a lot of home. Unfortunately, it's very sad. And I saw a guy, homeless guy having the best day ever. Huh. Like he was jamming out to Bob Marley. Like, yeah, it'd probably be better if he had a home, a roof over his head. I'm sure things would be probably a little bit less dangerous, but he's present and he's enjoying the moment. And, you know, my, my, I will never forget this. My grandmother, she's going to be actually turning a hundred oh, um, cool. June 17th. Yeah. She said to me, live the best life you can with what you have in this moment. And, she, you know, hundred years, that, that's right. wisdom. Totally. We have that within <laughs> us and we don't have to work for it. Right. No, it's, it's like, it's original equipment. It's pre-installed at the factory when we're born. <laughs> right. Like when we come into this world, we have this meat jacket on, but we're so much bigger than all that. And it's so funny. Like when our ego and our intellect hits a wall and we freak out, that's when we see like, oh, wait, that piece of it, my brain is not trying to make me suffer. It just is not smart. The brain, the brain is like a check engine light. It's a diagnostic system like in our car, right? right. The car doesn't care if the check engine, the car's not saying, oh, I'm so sorry, Sam, you know, you're for putting the check engine light. I know it's an inconvenience, right? <laughs> yeah. No, our brain does the same thing. Like it's alerting us to when we're too zoomed in, yet we think there's something wrong with us. Anxiety and depression is kind of like when we're too zoomed, too zoomed into our problems and we're not like taking a step back and just like putting the engines in neutral for a second, seeing what's going on. It's kind of like uh, an overheating hairdryer. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like in a, in a hotel, I've, I've blown so many fuses with, with hairdryers and hotels. I think that's the ultimate metaphor for when we are too zoomed in to the point where we're actually sort of hitting the breakers with our nervous system. But we think that it's a horrible thing that is going to ruin our life that we're never going to get out of. And sometimes it feels like that. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But once I understood how this system works, like anxiety and depression is just telling you that you're too zoomed into your problems. You got to back off and it's not real and it's all made up. Like, right. I love and, that. and it's hard for people to like, well, you have no idea, how, you know, again, the you have no idea how, how hard my life is story. Right. And I don't, but that's thought too. Right. I, I want to ask you a question. Yes. 
because I know I just came to me. So you went through a divorce. Yes. And it was hard. That was one of your hard times, but you're in a new relationship. Not new, but you have a real, you're in a relationship now. Four, yeah. Four years. Not four be. years. Where does your mind go? For, how do you get into this, this clear mind? I'm deserving, worthy into getting into this new relationship. Did you have to go through a, a lot to well, get dark to night this? of the soul? Uh, sure. No, no <laughs> I just um, kept doing it. Kept. It's like, uh, it's a numbers game. It's like, always, you know, it's like always be closing. Like, See, that's the thing with thought. And that's the thing. Like, I didn't have to do anything. It's like, you can't force, once I kind of saw, you can't force love. You can't force someone to stay. You can't force a relationship. And, you know, the greatest thing you can do is see what happens. And nobody likes loss. Nobody likes grief. But again, we need these things to move through us in order to see our divinity in order to see what I'm pointing to and what coaches like myself have been pointing to that share this understanding that, yeah, when you were in Sunday school and if you went to church on Sunday or synagogue or mosque, yeah, all that's true because all the great sages have been pointing to the same thing. We just haven't been paying attention because it's boring as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the scriptures. Okay, great. Are they, are they, are they, bo- are they exciting? Is it, is it like, some kind is it Disney World? Is it is it um, the greatest surf San Clemente or, or Dana Point? No, but once you see like every religious institution, every sit in the back of your church and you'll see what I'm pointing to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything. It's 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 built into us, and the politics of thinking. <laughs> I call them. It's sometimes it's a polemic, but once we see that we don't have to force life, life's got us. And this is not some kind of Instagram cliche, right? That just like gravity is going to happen every day. Just like if you get, if you cut yourself, it's going to heal. You don't have to think about, let me say, today I'm going to focus on healing, right? (laughs) Right, right. Like you get bronchitis, your body's going to, is a brilliant machine. That's why when people look at neurodiverse folks as something wrong, (laughs) they're looking at it from the wrong direction right when you have the brain works it's how it works but when you say you know your mind your ocd or you know i'm you know i like can't sit still and all these things right you still go through that you just know how to have a clear mind and control your thoughts i don't try to control anything i just i just get really curious and just notice you know it's self-awareness in many respects Mm -hmm. And the biggest piece out of all of this, if your audience can take home one thing that I've said, of all the gobbledygook that came out of my mouth during this episode, is <laughs> once you see that you are perfectly built and perfectly designed to embrace both the good things and the bad things about all about you, like fall in love with all of you, your frailties right. and everything. And again, not saying life's easy. Not saying that, that you're not going to go through hard times, but it's in these little moments when you're in the middle of a freaking fire and you think you're going to, this is it, you're going to die, that you can have the quietest, most profound moments in your life. Mm-hmm. And that sounds crazy because the intellect is not truth. Right. And people think, you know, again, intellect's a brilliant technology. The brain's brilliant, but it's also really stupid. It's kind of <laughs> like Google Translate. Like I always like, the other day I, I asked Alexa to play Billy Joel and it played Bruce Springsteen instead. I don't know what the, Alexa heard in oh, Billy Joel versus Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> uh, it's the same thing with our brain. You know, the brain loves us, but you know, it's a machine. But who we are is so much bigger than our machine. Mm-hmm. And fall in love with your frailties. And and that's hard for people to hear, especially if people are going through tough times. It's being okay with being caught up in your thinking because we're never caught up all the time. Thoughts just not sitting there. I always say it's like thought is like not like sitting in long-term parking, lot C at LAX or, you know, know, the the famous lot C, which is like the cheapest parking and it's like 10 miles away. (laughs) Like thoughts just not like parked and at a gate somewhere. It's moving through. Right. Right. Like it's not us. And when we see it as not us, 
and we get really curious about when our mind goes a little kablooey, like it always does, start laughing at myself. It's like, it's like, what mind, what, what do you know? Right. <laughs> and it's that levity that. that you don't have to force mm-hmm. because levity is built into us. You know, Sid Banks, who kind of had this very average guy, he was a Scottish welder from British Columbia in the early 70s, who is the most unenlightened guy, you know, think of like, he's a welder, he's a member of a union, he's like a man's man, right? Enlightenment, California, you know, right? you know, no. And then one day he saw it, like, he saw like the game, he saw the illusion. Hmm. He's not, he was the most unassuming guy. Like he didn't like want fame or wealth or anything. And he just kind of saw like, Oh, I have mental health within me. I'm just not paying attention. And if I trust that life's got me, like I know I'm going to stumble now and again, I might even trip over myself and fall on my face, but I'm going to get back up. And not only that, if I take myself less seriously, Mm -hmm. And I see like when I'm caught up in the noise, have compassion for myself. Caught up in the noise is like road rage. Like what I just, we've just been sharing, you know, the human psychology, the the drama, the politics, Putin, Zelensky, all that stuff. You see what really life's all about. It's about none of that. And that's what Nita Morjani saw, you know, when right. she wrote the book Dying to Live and what David saw, your guest. Right. When you were going through the, you think of the calming that you had going through that process of understanding that, you know, like meditation and all the breath work, you're being a Reiki healer, all these tools that really help people understand, you know, their tools instead of it coming to a place of just being present in the moment and getting used to being present in the moment. You know, that Eckhart Tolle book, The Power of Now. Yeah. And even like the, when you're saying it's a game and the illusion, those, those two, my two favorite books are The Illusion by Richard. (laughs) Have you read that? I've heard of it, but I never read it. Oh gosh. Okay. So that book and then The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scovel Shin. Have you read those? That Heard book? of it, never read it. Okay. So gonna, those gonna, are probably like on, my on, two favorite books, but you just named my two favorite books probably that I used to give to my everybody. But you know, when you think of it as a game and look at it from the higher perspective of who we are, the divinity within us, you believe in past, you know, we go on and on and what Again, do you, you believe? You can believe in a ham sandwich. I mean, yes. everything is, so, so this is the thing. The greatest litmus is state of mind. Okay. I had a classic old car, had an Audi Quattro when I was um, in college. It was a piece of crap. The cars didn't start half the time. It was Jerry. I had a Jerry rig it, you know, and I used to go on dates and I had to carry a battery charger. It was really, embar- I loved the car. <laughs> the freaking <laughs> thing would not, it was embarrassing, but I loved the car. I didn't care. I still love the car. Like a Ferrari that has dents and is dirty inside and has some, you know, engine problems is still a Ferrari. I know that's such a cliche. Like we are all one thought away from mental health. It's all what you think about it. It's like, if you wanted to tomorrow say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to just take a light. I'm going to, I see that life's got me. Like I want to live a happier life. I want to live a happier, just, I want to be more in that feel good experience, that feel good feeling, that space Mm -hmm. before thought as Michael Neal talks about, that all the great sages have talked about. Right. Right. Oh, that starts by just noticing, getting really curious about like the screenwriter between the ears, narrating every second of our life, every second, every moment. You can't escape it. That's not truth. Judgment, criticism, compartmentalizing, analysis, intellectualization. That's the brain always having to get involved, right? The brain yes, always, the brain thing. is the greatest helicopter pilot, helicopter, yeah. helicopter mom, what do you call it? With the, when a, yeah, helicopter, helicopter mom. Helicopter yeah. mom. The yes. brain loves you. It's doing its best. It doesn't know any better. The brain always needs to get involved. And sometimes it gets kind of 
stuck between the, the intelligence behind our life. Mm-hmm. The intelligence is not coming from the brain. There's no intelligence there. That's algorithms. That's zeros and ones. That's, that's machine code, literally. I mean, synapse ain't going on. Once we see that the mind sometimes contaminates that intelligence innocently and that we're going to forget and get pissed off and, you know, get hurt and knowing that that's normal, it opens up a lot of freedom and of uh, understanding of that machine code when, when we're caught up. Because let me tell you something. If you think that CBT or EMDR or even meditation, because again, I love meditation, but you don't need to like practice some kind of fancy meditation because you are meditation, right? Right. I love that. And I heard you say that in something. Yeah, I repeat myself a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but I, no, I love that. It, it, well, it struck a chord in me because, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, meditation. I said, you know, I meditate all day long, <laughs> you know, it's because I'm really present, but it is, we're meditating all day long. I mean, I think of driving in the car, like I, I'll dri- I drive the girls around like, <laughs> like the Uber mom. And, you know, I'm thinking, gosh, where am I going? Like, I, right. you know, you catch yourself thinking, am I going to, you know, this place, you know, you just so... You're in this meditative state, and when you are, when you acknowledge that moment, and I, I mean, I can't just say that you repeat yourself, but that you say live in the moment all the time and really yeah. embrace that moment. And yep. Oh, and I love, I love that you know, driving, even driving around, taking your, showing your kids around. It doesn't even matter. Like once we see how how the system works, like that that we're never going to win the game of thought we're never going to beat the system right it's like <laughs> yeah, come, right. I mean, come on like it, it, that's why that's, that's why funny. people like, people have yelled at me i've had i've been on shows like what do you mean that you know i've been to a therapist and i, I think therapy is great i'm like great and then wonderful like i always tell people don't listen to my words find your own truth yes. but if i can get you back into a feel-good feeling pointing you back to who you really are not the noise mm-hmm. like and getting curious about like the stories that you're telling yourself and seeing like that's made up just like the newscaster is making it up, just like the war is making it up, just like the stock market's making it up. Yes, we have to make money. We have to pay our bills. I, okay, that's life. Mm-hmm. But suffering sometimes is, is, is optional. It's optional. And then right. when we do suffer, make it okay. You don't even have to make it okay. Once we see, like, thinking always settles 100% of the time. I mean, for example, you know, when your kids are a little, I'm sure, like, they would have crazy temper tantrums, like, fire and brimstone, the world's coming to an end. And, like, five minutes later, it's like it never happened. Yeah. Adults, we do the same thing, but we have this thing called memory, and that can trip us up sometimes. Right. So seeing that, like, we are a kid plus decades of a hard, you know, of this recording, <laughs> conditioning, uh, habitual thought, programming, and seeing like to, to listen to that is optional. Again, you're going to get tripped up and ha- making peace with the fact that you're going to forget and get caught up in your machine, get caught up in the noise, get caught up in your intellect and sometimes judge or be critical or be in a bad mood or have, be anxious, have a panic attack. You look at it the same way as a, as a car. You know, if your car has a check engine light on, you know, if, okay, it's a machine, you get it fixed. Or if you find out there's nothing wrong with it and it's just some fluke, right? right. The car's right. still going to drive. I mean. Right. Yeah. You know, as we end this amazing interview. I went, I went way, way, way. Into, no, into I, no, I just I made me start thinking of things that we're going through right now. The, the, the Ukraine war, the, you know, we just finished two years of COVID. And still continuing, you know, I, I think of my kids, that's their childhood, right? So they're watching the, you know, the uh, pray for Ukraine and mom, this COVID thing, everyone's sick and got to wear masks. And, you know, this fear, 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 go stand on the corner at the school and hold the sign up with your kid. You know, I, I want, we're watching all of this like reaction and, you know, people trying to protest against the vaccine, everything. Right. So they're living in this childhood with me, which I thank God I am here to lead them to understanding that that's a reaction. Tell me your way. Like, 
what would you say to these kids or all these, I mean, adults that are going mm-hmm. through, I mean, I, love I, that I, question. I will, I will never I could, turn the news on and listen to that. I can't yeah. stand the, anyway, the, tell me. No, this is good. And this is a great question. So pay attention to the resilience of the Ukrainian people. Pay attention to Zelensky's hope. Pay attention to like, seriously, you could open up a YouTube video on, you know, NBC, you know, whatever the playback is for the bad news, fire and brimstone news. And you don't listen to the narrator. The narrator is like our, our brain mm-hmm. narrating the story. It's like Stephen King. It's like, pet cemetery. It's like, you know, doom and gloom and death and destruction, put it on mute and then take mute off when the local population, you know, is talking about resilience and still finding moments of, of love and of presence and of divinity and of silliness, because there's a lot of that. In the great metaphor, and I love, and I love this, this is a great way to, to take this awesome episode out, is the fact that you hit mute when the Tom Brokaw, well, our generation, the Tom Brokaw-esque, blah, 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 blah. I love Tom Brokaw, not Tom Brokaw. Who can we think is a little more dramatic? Um, <laughs> someone from, from CNN or Fox News, okay, is focusing on the drama and, and what's wrong. Well, hit the mute button. And then when there's moments of kids just playing in the background and they're talking about, like I was watching, there was a, um, a orphanage. I think it was an orphanage for kids. It was a temporary shelter for, for kids or displaced kids. The parents were either, you know, killed in, during this terrible war or they were just lost or they were given to this orphanage because the parents couldn't take care of for whatever reason. And you see them playing and you see the, the instructors playing with the kids. Pay attention to that stuff. Pay attention to the, the regular civilians putting on battle gear and what there's, what's coming out of their mouths. That's what's real. Not the Fox News, CNN spin cycle of doom and gloom. Right. Because we know through science, quote unquote, that what gets ratings? The addiction. Right. right. Yeah, that's for Anxiety. sure. Anxiety. And Netflix knows that too. They're not, they're not stupid, but start focusing on what's good with it. And you, you so, know, any, what's good, what's going on that's good and focus on like how resilient all of us are. Not on, oh my God, we're going to have a nuclear war. Oh my God, like Putin's crazy. Oh my God. I mean, right. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, amused. Yeah. I listen to yeah, 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 what yeah. are you like in a conversation, or do you mm. might not even surround yourself with people that talk like that? But when you're, let's say you're at a, you know, you're time. somewhere and you're at someone's house and you got invited, you don't really know them very well, but they're all, all talking about the doom and gloom and all talking mm. about this, you know, Ukraine situation and COVID. You know, it's constant. What do you do in that situation? Well, I'm going to take advice from Anita Morshani because when I saw her and Michael Neal at, at um, I keep forgetting where it was, the Marina Del Rey was this, the workshop. She said, find your tribe. And if you're around people that are constantly, now, you know, intuitively, if people are just scared, right? You can choose to be around that or not. Right. I Listen, I have a best friend. We've been friends almost 40 years. Like we've been friends since fifth grade. I'm aging myself. Okay. But him and I have the same, we've been having the same argument since 1984. Okay. Since we were 10 years old. Okay. okay? But I love him. He's my brother. I choose to keep him because his heart is just so good. Right. And, and, and who he is, is so good. And I love him, but take someone else that's just, you know, caught up in their thinking and caught up in the noise all the time and are scared and spin cycle news, Fox news, they're all caught up in the nonsense. Yeah, you can choose not to be around those people. You know, again, life is short. I know that it's such a, you know, it's like a, the Beatles song. Life <laughs> is short, love is real. Trust your heart, what you feel. Live your life, sing your song, make it right, make it strong. Okay, total Beatles yes. nerd. We ultimately have agency over who we want to share our lives with. And when we don't, like family. Family. Yeah, but I'm love. saying like, what if you are in a position? Yeah, we. I'm all about my tribe. Like I choose that. It's not yeah. very big. It's like, I try to explain that to the girls. Like, they're, mom, I don't have any friends at school. I said, it's okay. Do you Pick see? one. Yeah, <laughs> one's great. One's enough. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, it's like, but, wait you till know, you I, have kids, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I just mean like how I see the stuff on Instagram, you know, the these posts about, 
all the stuff that's going on. And I just can't ride on that train. I just wanted to know before we end, because this could go on forever, I could tell. But what would you, what, what happens do you do? when two people are dropped into the, in, in having <laughs> cognitive reverie, which is good. So go ahead. <laughs> but when you get into a situation like that and, mm. and you hear them talking and you can't escape, you can't leave, you're in a, in a room and it's, oh my gosh, Sam, this whole thing is just awful. Oh my gosh, the vaccine. Uh, what do you do? How do you well, they, handle that? I want to hear you. There's a Yiddish expression for that, but Michigas, <laughs> one of my favorite words and it's, and it's for cocked, which means like, it's just a, not a mess. Well, I have compassion for them. And again, sometimes I forget and I'll, you know, I'm like enough. Okay. We get it. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just have compassion for them because they think that this conflict is, you know, making them feel this way, but it has nothing to do with the conflict. In right. Ukraine. Thank you. It has Absolutely. to do with, again, we're not living in a world of Ukraine outside conflict warfare. We're living in a world of thought warfare, right? right? It's an inside out experience on outside in. And anybody, and I've had people, I remember once I was giving a, a talk, it was not really a talk, it was like a couple people. And there was one person who just argued with me the entire time. <laughs> he didn't see, because he, he was in his intellect mm-hmm. and he was in his, this is not an intellectual understanding. This is a spiritual understanding because who we are not to be in sanctum. Again, who we are is spiritual. That's a fact. That's a spiritual truth. Everything else. And I'm sure your some of your listeners can be like, well, it's not that simple, Sam. I went to grad school and got my PhD <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't, you know, this training. Oh, come on, come on. Oh, despair me. Everything else is machine code. And it's what I also recommend is, Simplicity. Keep it simple. Everything in life simple. Yes. And sometimes, and when we forget simplicity and a feel-good feeling mm-hmm. and appreciating every moment. Yes. Speaking have compassion language. for yourself when you slip up. Like, right. You're going to slip up, guys. Like, you're going to get angry at people. You're going to get angry at yourself. You know, you're going to be pissed off. You're going to, you know, but that's just part of this funny, silly, short period of time we have on this spinning rock called earth. But who we are, once we kind of see beyond underneath the psychology, Mm -hmm. again, I go back to, it's Atari 2600. I mean, our generation, you're six years older than me, but it's Atari 2600. It's Galaga. That's, (laughs) seriously, it is. And once you see the illusion, I'm not saying like the Matrix, like Neo and right. <laughs> the Keanu Reeves. I'm talking about, see, what, you don't get enough sleep one day. And we'll end it on this. And then you get in your car and you're just crabby for no reason. You're seeing the world from a very different perspective. When your state of mind, ladies and gentlemen, is cloudy, sometimes it's cloudy for no reason. You're just in a bad mood. You're tired. You're overwhelmed. That is no time to judge others. No time to judge yourself. And no time to make any really important decisions. It's like Mercury retrograde in your mind. That's <laughs> so, funny. It's not complicated because it gets complicated and then we forget and then it gets simple again. You know, one of my favorite coaches, Aaron Turner, he, he, there's this movie called, remember, remember Liar, Liar? We were like, yes. Okay, uh-huh. Old movie. Jim Carrey, watch this, ladies and gentlemen, watch this YouTube it. The Liar, Liar, when he's beating his own ass, kicking his own ass in the bathroom. He's a lawyer. <laughs> one day, remember, he can't, he, he can't lie. He has to tell the truth. <laughs> yes, so he might as well be a, a Bible study teacher and a lawyer. <laughs> And he's kicking his own ass because all these thoughts are like just, <laughs> oh, that's just violating his lawyer-esque, you know. And we do that ourselves because we, if we try to fix the system is not broken. That mm-hmm. has its automatic leveling system. Like, you know, you put bad gas in your car. Like I've done, you know, you put in cheap gas because gas is so expensive in California. I've done it, put in 87 and the car is not running right. But then, then all of a sudden... It cleans itself out, the fuel injectors. Mm-hmm. That's low mood, that's state of mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm a car nerd, but, but also like, think about it. You're flying in an airplane, there's turbulence. Turbulence is not going to crash the plane. It's uncomfortable, it's scary. But, you're, but turbulence is not forever. The pilot finds another better altitude and you find smoother skies. The same thing with thought. When we look at it as you're going to have thought turbulence, sometimes even when everything's going right, I've worked with some pretty miserable and depressed and anxious billionaires. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you you know plenty of very wealthy, miserable people. Right. And I've met some very, very grateful and funny, loving, poor people. Yep. State of mind. Yep. I love it. Thank you, Sam. This is awesome. Thank you for Thank having you. me on. That was so yeah. fun. Yeah. So your podcast, they can the fear- listen to your podcast. Yeah. This uh, The Fearless Now. It's on Instagram and Apple and they want to learn more about the work, my work. It's my website is samledconsulting.com and then LinkedIn, Sam Led. I'm even on TikTok, which is really weird. Really I haven't strange. got there yet. My so girls, get, I don't know how to do that. It's so weird. Like, yeah, it is actually easier than posting on Instagram because you don't have to put, I just put hashtags and like, all right. Oh, yeah. fun. I have to look yeah. at it. I mean, yeah. to learn. the girls need to teach me. Yes. Anyway, thank you so much. It was so fun. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget, always look for the magic.